0: Hi, and thank you for listening to me introduce the Family Life Christian Center podcast. Whether you're listening because you slept in on Sunday, or you're just back for more, we are so glad you're here. We truly believe God is doing great things in the earth through you. Whether it's your family, friends, co-workers, or people you've never met, you are called to touch the lives of those around you. We believe it's our job to empower you to fulfill your highest calling in Christ, so buckle up, because we know God has something special for you right here and now. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.
1: Good morning, everybody. Well, praise the Lord. My first time here as a guest speaker. This is kind of cool. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Just so you know, I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, things are going, going good uh, God's teaching me every day. Things are growing and just God's, God's blessing. Um, he still has, he's still kind of like this, you know, God's got something in his hand for me that he hasn't shown me. And he's just like, just rest, just rest. And so uh, that's, that's what's happening. I, I mean, I'm resting, but also uh, getting moving on the coaching. We got, I got probably about, I think, 14 people a week now that I'm coaching, and uh, it's going really great, really great. Yeah, I, I mean, I got a couple, out in, uh, a couple people out in uh, Santa Barbara, maybe two or three people in Santa Barbara area. Uh, somebody in Florida, somebody in Tulsa, and uh, several uh, from, from around this area. And um, doing most of it on Zoom you know, so I can just go one person to the next, you know, just bam, 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 you know, uh, hour after hour, enjoying it. And, uh, I, and their testimony is things are changing. Their lives are being touched. And, and uh, that's really a blessing. I started doing this thing. Some of you heard me years ago tell this story about uh, when I had a really bad cough uh, when I was working for Pastor Winston. And one day During one of our meetings, he walks over and says, let me, um, or he said, let's get rid of that cough. So he just puts his hand on my chest and prays for me. The next morning, now, just so you know, my lungs were so bad at that point where literally one day I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I could hear bubbles popping in my lungs. That's how bad it was. Okay? Just so you know. Um, But like any good man, I didn't go to the doctor. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Sorry, don't don't follow that bad example. That's a bad example. Excuse me. Please forgive me. Uh, But when Pastor prayed for me, he laid hands on me. By the next morning, I was completely healed. And I was like, oh, this is so good. But do you know that by 5 o'clock that night, my lungs had filled back up? I'm like, God, what happened? And he said, son, your word level was low. I'm like, really? I'm like, man. A couple, I told pastor what happened, and a couple days later, he calls me, and he says, listen, the Lord told me this morning to call you and tell you this. He said, ever since I, um, he said, I started doing this years ago, but he said, anytime something tries to attack me physically, he said, I just take five healing scriptures, and I say them five times in the morning and five times at night. Now, it's not magic. It's biblical meditation, okay? It's just medita- getting the word in your heart and in your mouth, right? And uh, he said, ever since I've started doing this, he said, nothing has been able to hold on to me for more than a week. He said, even one day when he said, I was at the gym, he said, I was pulling, you know, pulling those heavy weights and all of a sudden, he said, everybody in that r- room heard this loud snap and he said, my arm fell to its side. He said, everybody in that room knew I needed surgery. And he said, I even got up and preached and nobody could tell that I couldn't... Uh, I couldn't move my arm. He said, but he said within one week, I was completely healed. And um, he said, so I just encourage you to just take those five scriptures in the morning and take them at night. And so I started doing that. I did. I started doing it. And do you know that by the end of 10 days, it took me 10 days, (laughs) but I got there. (laughs) But within 10 days, my lungs were completely healed. Yes, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I'm saying the word of God changes us. So there's several people that I'm coaching right now that I'm challenging them. Hey, pick out five scriptures. Just, it doesn't have to be healing. Just anything that God's speaking to you personally. What's God speaking to you? So for the last five weeks, I've been grabbing five new scriptures. And I say them every morning and I say them every night. And as soon as I uh, say them, I text my the people who are doing this with me. I did 5x5. That's all. I just texted them, 5x5. That means I just did it. I just, I've been meditating my scriptures. But so every morning now, I'm getting about 10 or 12, 5x5 texts from the people that I'm coaching. And then at night, I get it again. And uh, I don't leave my, I don't leave my notifications on just so that's not waking me up. But, but, uh, but then I text them as well. And just that simple accountability, and one of them said, things are changing. Once they started, things are changing. Another one said, this is changing my life, okay? It's powerful, what's going on. And so, anyway, uh, things are going well for me. And uh, anyway, I'm excited to see what God's doing. Um, Today, we want to talk about family. And um, my sister, who's uh, 70 years old, wrote me earlier this week and said, and, and the title was Apology. Now, she's not a believer, but she's going through something where she's wanting to get stuff off her chest, you know, kind of clean, clean things up, right? And uh, she's been going through some counseling and, want, and uh, so she wanted, to, she wanted to get together to talk and, and apologize to me. And um, I said, so we talked yesterday, and I said, i got to tell you, I don't have any recollection of anything you ever did wrong to me. She goes, really? I said, I don't, have, I don't even have a single negative thought about you. She, she was shocked, but she was so relieved and so thankful. But we talked about all of that, and I, uh, it was interesting because I was preparing for this message, and earlier... Yesterday morning, as I was preparing, you know, it was like probably 2.30 in the morning, I was up and I just started writing down all the things that I'm thankful for about my family and about how I was raised. And I was thinking, you know, Natalie and Danny had said, hey, you know, we're doing this, this uh, series on family is, right? Well, so I was thinking, well, family is, I was trying to think, okay, family is water and sunlight. Family is a flower pot and soil. Family is fertilizer, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, family is husbandman and farming and gardening. Uh, family is roots and stem. But then I was, as I was thinking more and praying about it, I really felt the word that the Lord was saying is, it's a training ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and then as I went further into it, I was like, boy, it's more than a training ground. It's more like a crucible. Where you're being refined. Now, I must say that it is your responsibility how you act. It is nobody else's responsibility how you act. It doesn't matter the stimuli, it's your responsibility. How you act Okay If you think I'm justified In responding this way Because you've been such a jerk Or you've been so mean Or you've been this or you've been that So therefore I'm totally fine No, 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 no That doesn't stand before the throne Before God himself He's like no, no, no I gave you my spirit My spirit dwells within you and you have the freedom to choose how you will respond in any and every situation. Okay, when when he says, you know, when they slap, it, turn your turn the other cheek. Uh, I, I don't want to hear that verse. I don't want to hear that. Well, I went up in a prayer line one time. I said, "Oh, just." I was talking to this, this one minister. He was a visiting missionary, and uh, I just was, I wanted prayer. I said, man, just pray. He sa- I said, just pray that the, you know, that the pain would be gone, or t- take away the pain. And it wasn't physical pain. It was what I was going through, you know. And he goes, Joe, I'm sorry to tell you this, but if you're still feeling the pain, you're not dead yet. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot, <laughs> you know. If you're still feeling the pain, you're not dead yet. The scripture says to reckon ourselves dead. Okay? Well, does that mean we're supposed to be unfeeling? No. No, we're very awake. We're very alert. Okay? But what can penetrate love? Love is the strongest thing ever. What can penetrate it? Hate cannot penetrate love, it's impenetrable. It's, it's an amazing fortress for you. And um, as you grow in Christ, you got to realize that you're on a path. You're on your way to, hopefully, I, I really hope, that you're on your way to somewhere. <coughs> I, amen? I hope you're not just sitting. I hope you're not just along for the ride. I hope you're going somewhere. I hope you have something pulling you on the inside of you, like, it's drawing me, it's drawing me, right? By the way, that's music to my ears, (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) Um, But I hope there's something pulling you and drawing you, and I I hope that actually that I, this may sound cruel, but I actually hope that there's some resistance You ever go to a gymnasium and they have no weights at all?
0: <laughs>
1: I like that kind of gym. There's no resistance here. Everything is easy. <laughs> Woo! That's my kind. <laughs> Just lazy boys all around. <laughs> and all we do is watch workout videos. <laughs> I think that's what some Christians want. I think that's what we want sometimes, but you got plopped down into the middle of a family. You ever hear this? You ever hear this one? If you have heard me before, you probably have heard this one particular illustration, that there was these two brothers. One was a skid row bum, and one was a multimillionaire corporate lawyer. They were brothers, and they asked the skid row bum. They said, "How come you are the way you are?" He said, because my father was an alcoholic. And they asked the lawyer, said, why are you the way you are? He said, because my father was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So who owns your response? You do. You own your response. You can decide if the tension or the pressure that is against you is going to kill you. There's been several times when I'm coaching people and I get this picture. I say, it seems to me like you have to make a decision. Are you going to ride under the horse or are you going to get up on top and ride this thing? Because it doesn't feel like you're in control. It doesn't feel like you know what you're doing or where you're going. And it feels like you are subject to being trampled. But it's your decision. Are you going to let this smash you? Or are you going to get up on top and be the God child, the child of God that you are? The one who's full of the wisdom of God, the word of God, the the will of God, the heart of God, the heart of love. heart of love will not allow you if you have a heart of love for your family you won't allow yourself to be taken out of the way gentlemen somebody needed to hear that if you have a heart of love you won't allow yourself to be taken out of the way you'll stand for your family and stand for your position in the future of your family you need to be there Your children need you for years to come and decades to come. You need to show up. You need to make sure you're there. Um, Let's go to that scripture in Colossians. Well, actually, first, let's go to the Genesis 18 passage. And this is talking about Abraham. Uh, God says this about Abraham. He said, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. God is saying, I chose Abraham. I chose him because I knew he was going to command his house. He was going to speak into his home, and he was going to bring order, and he was going to bring forth my will and my way into that home. Okay? Uh, Next, let's go to um, 1 Timothy 5.8. Did I say that? Yeah. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Yikes. If you're unemployed, you better get to work. If you say, I can't find a job, you better come and talk to somebody up here and get prayed for, or go to Psalm 90, verse 17, because there's no reason for someone who needs to provide for their family to not have work. Because if you're in the kingdom of God, there is no lack of work. God has a job for you, okay, and you just need to get plugged in, okay, and you need to be willing to work. When it came right down to it, the morning that I woke up and I heard Nancy crying in the bathroom after we were first married, I said, what's going on? She said, this is not right, me getting up and going off to work, and here you don't have a job. And I was looking diligently for work. But on that day, I said, Nancy, I guarantee you, when I pick you up from work at 2.15 today, I will have a job. Because at that point, I was willing to just go flip burgers. It didn't matter if I had a college education. Okay? It didn't matter that corporate com- you know, companies across, you know, across America were flying me in to interview. At that point, I didn't care anymore. I was going to get work to pay the bills and to bring money into the house. Okay, And uh, that was a monumental place for me. Okay, I have a word for you. And first of all, to, to clarify this, <clears throat> you know that I stood in the office of a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. And now I'm a minister of God, okay, however, whatever God wants to call me, right? And, um, and I, so I'm no longer standing in the office of a pastor, okay? I mean, in, in, in two different people, but I'm saying like, okay, so within a family, there are different offices. Did you know that? You could could just say, well, there's the office of a husband. There's the office of a father. There's the office of a wife. There's the office of a mother. There's the office of a brother. There's the office of a sister. There's the office of a child. And, And so on. Do you understand that? So here's a word for you that I heard. I think I heard this yesterday. Remember this one. Own your Office. Own your office. If you are the husband, own it. Be it. Well, where are you going to get the definition for this? I don't want to do anything that's outside of God's will or outside of his word. I know that his word is his will. Okay? So Colossians 3 verse 17 It says, And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the uh, the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, or by him. Verse 18. Wives, that's an office, right? Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. Husbands, that's an office. Love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, Obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Children, that's an office. Fathers, that's an office. Provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things. Masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, by the way, in my mind, when I see, you know, servants or slaves and, and that type of thing in the scriptures, for the sake of who we are and what we do, just translate that to, you know, employer and employee. It makes it easy just because the principles are the same and that's not a, uh, I'm not affirming or, you know, slavery or anything like that. I'm just saying, okay, they had slavery at the time and so they were giving advice to those uh, who were slaves. Um, And whatever, verse 23, and whatever, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Ah, there's a key, there's a key right there. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto your wife. No. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto your parents. No. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto your husband. No. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Boy, this will smooth some things out. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that, the Lord you, uh, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. It's, it's Jesus we're serving. Remember, when you gave Jesus your life and you received him as your Savior, you died that day. Your old self died, just so you know. Thank God, because your old self was full of a bunch of stuff that you don't want to live, like sin, all that garbage. It's dead now. So reckon yourself now dead to sin, okay? So, well, how am I supposed to respond? All you have to do is let the Spirit of God respond from within you, okay? Well, what if they got on my last nerve? Well, what what were you spending those for? Why were you saying, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I ran out of patience. You know, that means you were using your own. You weren't using God's. That's right. well, that's good.
0: That's
1: good. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. <laughs> Might as well. We don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Why well, beat around the bush? Let's get to the point. Amen. You're, you're serv- in, in how you deal with family, I want to tell you, if you were beaten as a child, I'm, I'm sorry. And I feel sad for you. I'm very sorry. But if I let you stay there, I'm not helping you. Amen. That's right. Okay. If you were yelled at and screamed at as a child, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry for you. But if I let you stay there, And to wallow in your pain, I'm not helping you. It's your choice how you respond to the stimuli. It's your choice. Okay? It's your choice how you respond. And I'll tell you this, you'll never gain freedom until you can own that. Once you can own that, you can say, okay. I heard somebody say the other day, man, I wish it was my fault so I could do something about it. I thought that's got some wisdom right there. I wish it was my fault so I could do something about it. Well, right here, your response to any stimuli is up to you. It's up to you. Now you can respond with a heart of love. Man, man, I've told you this many times before, but this situation where my brother brought a bunch of friends home from college, they, they took us all down to the park. We were down at the, and me and my brother, Michael, we were down by this little sandy stream. And uh, Vincent and his friends were back there sitting on a rock. <clears throat> me and Michael were, you know, looking for crawdads, you know, turning over rocks, see if we can catch crawdaddy. And uh, all of a sudden, Michael just pushes me into the water. Now, Michael was a year and a half older than me, and my normal response to that would have been, yeah. you know, just uh, take care of some things. Uh, <laughs> lay hands on him suddenly, which the Bible says don't lay hands suddenly on someone. <laughs> but as soon as my brother Vincent saw that, he said, Joseph, don't do anything. Do You know, as soon as I heard him say that, all anger lifted off of me. It was completely gone. And I had no vengeance to give. Thank God. Thank God because I could easily scrap with him even though he was older and I didn't mind. <clears throat> Proverbs 15:1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. First P- I'm just going to give you these. This won't be on the screen, though. But 1 Peter 4.8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Proverbs 19.11, the discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Your response is up to you. The Passion Translation on that says, A wise person demonstrates patience, for mercy means holding your tongue. When you are insulted, be quick to forgive and forget it. For you are virtuous when you overlook an offense. Um, so I want to just share some things. I don't have long to do it, but I want to share a couple things about my family. First of all, let me go back and say, own your office. Whatever the scripture says about your office, do it. The scripture is full of, ger- of directions, instructions on your office. Go find those scriptures, okay? Don't wait for us to look them up for you. You go look them up, okay? Uh, you know how hard it is? You go to Google and type in, Verses about wives, verses about husbands, verses about children. That's really hard, you know? God forbid you'd have to open your Bible. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to push you that far. <laughs> All right. My mom, well, let's, let's talk about the family as a crucible, Okay. My mom learned quite a bit from raising 14 children. So when she went to work with the generals in the army and the presidents of very large corporations, she realized that they did not have any new tricks. There wasn't anything she hadn't already learned by raising her kids. The generals in the army, they didn't have anything new. Nothing. So she could easily handle them. Family is a crucible. Family purifies you and gets you ready. I hope you're going somewhere. It would be a shame to get all gussied up and not go anywhere. It would be a shame to go through the crucible and then be useless and never be put to work. You've got a job and you've got a destiny that you're headed towards. Get ready. I tell young people who aren't married yet, you better make yourself marriable is that fair to say i think it is fair to say make yourself marriable right instead of looking to find the right one you better make sure you are the right one right (laughs) i don't want you to take up too much time guy i got a lot to say
0: yeah no it's uh yeah the five the five b's are be brief baby be brief (laughs) So I'm gonna to stick to it. Um, yeah, uh, Proverbs says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing." Not he who finds a girlfriend finds a good thing.
1: That's right. That's Amen. It. That was brief, baby. Amen. Um, I'm thankful. <clears throat> I'm thankful for the opportunity to get grilled by my siblings for my faith. It made me stronger. And more resolute. I'm thankful for having to fight for attention, to be heard and seen. The competition was healthy. It strengthened me. It wasn't all good, but I received so much strength from it. I'm thankful for my father's faith in leading our family. I'm thankful for my mother's faith in struggling through all the difficulties And having it out with the Lord, but coming to peace with him, and then sharing all of that with me. I'm thankful that I had to start doing the laundry when I was 11 years old. That was about five to six loads a day. Can't say I did that every day. I'm thankful for the times after the meals, playing guitar and singing, singing harmony watching my siblings play their guitars and developing a serious hunger for it. I'm thankful for Christmas and the traditions. I'm thankful that we always went to church. Easter Vigil, Midnight Mass, Weekly Guitar Mass, sometimes early morning Mass at 6 a.m. during the week. I'm thankful for Family Conversations. This is some very real training ground right there. I'm thankful for varied opinions. They all made me stronger. Every, every opinion that was against mine made mine stronger. I'm thankful for having to do chores. I'm thankful uh, after dinner, So we had a dish chart. You ever tried doing dishes for 16 people, no dishwasher, right? So then you have one person washing, one person's rinsing, one person's drying and putting away, another person does the counters and the table, another person sweeps the floor, another group cleans off the dining room table and vacuums that carpet. It's all on the chart, right? I'm thankful we had to do it. But guess what? After that... I'm thankful that we would play games as a family, croquet, tag, freeze tag, Red Rover, chain Red Rover, one catch a bunch, king of the hill, tetherball, kickball, baseball. I'm thankful that we would go out and play games with the neighbors. I'm thankful for my mom teaching me how to hit a ball. I can see her pitching. I can still see her pitching to me. I know exactly where I was standing, okay? Okay the day I first hit the baseball. I'm thankful for my mom. And, and she, she pitched the ball to me. I can still see her pitching to me and me hitting it for the first time. As I thought about this, I realized there was such a sense of victory in me, but also a, I could f- sense a, I, I could feel a real sense of relief in her part because she was concerned about me because they, they, I was a slow child, you know? And, uh, She realized, hey, he's not slow. He's just taking things at his own pace. And um, for her, it was getting me over a a very real hump. I'm thankful for the protection that I felt, the rallying of support from my family. When I was sick, I could feel each of them was for me and for my recovery. I knew I was in trouble, though, when in the hospital and Vince let me win at checkers. I thought, oh, boy, something's up. (laughs) <laughs> that was the only time I got concerned. Um, I'm thankful that I got to go to concerts with my older siblings. Uh, I'm, th- I'm so thankful. Here's a great memory. I'm so thankful that my whole family came to, came to one of my wrestling matches. All 14 of the kids were there. They were really cheering for me. I mean, my coach called me over He said, don't pay attention to them.
0: <laughs>
1: I did. I went out and slammed the guy down and pinned him quick. (laughs) They all went crazy. That was fun. I'm also thankful for for the times that I wasn't able to go out with my older siblings because I was too young and I had to go to bed. I was so disappointed then, but it built a hunger in me. It built determination. We are responsible for our response. I could have let that injure me. But I didn't. I'm not going to be defeated. I have victory in my heart. God placed it there. I am more than a conqueror. I am determined. Okay? I'm determined in my heart that family life is... I mean, it just... I'm super excited. But I'm also super excited that my job with family life right now is... Step back and just let her go. That's exactly what I know in my heart that is so important for me. So important. That's my job, and i got to do it. So you'll see me do that. Um, I'm thankful for my siblings and my parents sharing their knowledge of music with me. I remember, you guys know the Maple Leaf Rag, uh, Scott Joplin? So I was there. I was learning that song, you know. And my brother Morgan, and I was, I was getting it, you know, and my brother Morgan goes, stop, 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 stop. I said, what? He goes, you, you're playing it so fast, you are missing all of the harmonies and the melodies that are in there. They're so intricate, and the rhythms. He said, slow it down. Pay attention to those things that are going on in there. Do you know that changed my perspective of music in one very short conversation? I slowed it down and started feeling those melodies and started feeling those rhythms that were happening in there, I was blown away. That guy was a genius. Not just my brother. My, Scott Joplin was a genius, you know? But never, you would never know it or feel it. Oh, boy. You would never know it or feel it until you slowed it down and just savor it. Well, man, that came from my brother. The, the family is a crucible. It's getting you ready. Um, I was thankful that my older brothers and sisters would uh, come home from college and sit and tell me, or tell the whole family, the things that they learned. I'm thankful for all the people that my family entertained and all the conversations I got to listen to. I'm thankful for the day that my father died. There was such tenderness amongst us all. There was a sweetness in every relationship. I'm thankful that even now when the siblings meet to talk, there is so much juice in those conversations, so much wisdom and so much knowledge. Family's a crucible. And if you were beaten as a child, if you were neglected, if you were tortured, let me tell you something. Label every single thing you had as a child. Every single thing that seems completely negative, label it as crucible. It was getting you ready. Oh, man, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. Okay? It says in James chapter 1, it says, Count it all joy when you face temptations and trials of all kinds all kinds of adversity count it joy that's pretty hard to do well i i'm thankful that my dad spanked me i wasn't at the time but i am now so how do you count something joy here's just a little simple thing i, I wrote a blog on this years ago but i just I wrote, put a joy sticker on it in the spirit or in your mind. Just take a little a joy, a sticker that says joy, put it on there. Count it joy. Oh, that's too hard for me. Okay, well, maybe you got some work to do. Maybe you got some forgiving you haven't done yet. That's good. If, you haven't, if you haven't forgiven, then there's no way you're going to be able to count that stuff joy. That's good. You go. That's but I'll tell you now, if you have forgiven, <clears throat> remember... That injured people injure people. Yeah. It's painful. It's painful to go through the things that we've gone through in family, or with lack of family. I'm telling you lack of family is crucible for you. because I'll tell you, Romans 8:28 is true, and it works. And if we will accept that God has the ability to make all things work together for our good, and the good hymn was called, you know, we're, we're called to his purpose. If we can believe that, then we can say, that's a joy, that's a joy, that's a joy, that's a joy. Man, I remember when I got rejected for this one uh, school, summer school situation that I had applied for. When I got rejected, I cried. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I got rejected. And I cried. I was so upset. But guess what I have on it now? A joy sticker. You know, much later when I found out that the school that I got rejected for, the kids that were there for those couple or four, six weeks, whatever it was, the licentiousness that was the, the stuff that was going on that I was rescued from. I got a big honk and joy sticker right on that. Painful memory. You understand? You, you understand? But I'll tell you, Romans eight twenty-eight only works if you use twenty-six and twenty-seven. That's good. All right, Romans eight twenty-eight only works if you're using because the word the Romans eight twenty-eight starts with the word and, which means you can't take it out of context. It means it definitely isn't it, it, it is attached to the previous two verses. You have to take it in context. So. If you're going to see Romans 8.28 come to pass, you're going to be doing what 8.26 and 27 says, and that is you praying in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and petitions, right? You're you're bringing, you're you're praying in the Spirit, groaning in the Spirit for all, you know, in, in prayer. And then in that, God is able to make all things work together for the good. Did you get anything out of what I shared with you today? Is this helpful at all? Is that okay? I speak God's blessing on you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Family Life Christian Center podcast. If you enjoyed that message, please subscribe and share us with your friends. We believe the Holy Spirit is alive and active in the body of Christ and wants to have a relationship with us as he guides us toward our destiny. If you'd like to partner with us in your giving, please check out our website at www.familylife.cc slash giving. Or you can text give to 844-955-0993. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.